0: Welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balance Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. Happy New Year, everyone. How's it going so far? Mine is going pretty good. I've spent a lot of time outdoors, hiking, beaching, soaking up all that good stuff but I can feel myself itching to get back into some routine. So today's guest is a fitting person to begin the new year as her zest for life and inspiring productivity will surely get you off your seat and ready to tackle the new year. Laura Trimble Thompson, also known as Laura TT or Miss TT by her younger students is a school teacher and yoga teacher on a mission to help young people reach high performance targets with less effort and stress. Amazing. Amazing. I have worked with Laura several times on workshops and classes that bring a sense of balance, flexibility, and mindfulness to our ballet community. And in this episode, we cover Laura's interest in career progression, her passions in the field of yoga and teaching, and her dive back into the world of adult ballet. Then we move on to the importance of natural active movement in the body before delving into the importance of meditation speaking of i'm dropping a bonus episode with a guided meditation specially designed by laura specifically for dancers in a performance or audition setting hopefully it's something you can refer back to and visit whenever you're in those stressful situations that require some calm and focus i was so calm just listening to laura while she recorded the meditation so remember to rate and subscribe if you enjoyed listening it really helps the podcast. And since dropping the first few episodes, I've loved seeing everyone's screenshots and tags on Instagram. Thank you so much for sharing the love, guys. So I'm here with Laura, and uh, <laughs> he's already giggling. <laughs> we met the way I meet many people. Um, you came to one of my adult ballet classes. I did. And I was automatically drawn to you. You're going to laugh because not only did you have the most amazing onesie on from Lululemon. <laughs> so but intense. You did. It was very intense, but I loved it. Um, but you moved so gracefully and beautifully that I was immediate like, immediately like, I want to be friends with this girl. Oh. Seriously, I I do, I do. And I was wondering um, if you could give listeners a quick background on your colourful career because I was going to try to put it in a nutshell, but I'll let you do that because it is very
1: (laughs) colourful and the amazing work that you do. Okay, so career-wise, I started working when I was 14 or 15, or 14 and 9 months probably, the legal age (laughs) back in those days when you could start working. Um, I worked in the very first ever Smiggle store in Melbourne. So that was my first retail job. Uh, Then I had a number of years in retail. So I did, I was at Smiggle. Then I was at a designer shoe store called Evelyn Miles, which was the best. And I've got all the designer shoes and bags from that still. Um, Then I went to Country Road, which was a wonderful experience, fantastic business to be a part of. Then Country Road. Uh, And then I have also worked at Gorman. And now my latest random idea is that I'm working at Kiki K. But my trade, my serious job is a primary school teacher. So I studied in Melbourne and started working down there. I worked at Melbourne Grammar School and then changed to Melbourne Girls Grammar School Mm -hmm. and was there for nearly four years before I moved up to the Gold Coast. And then I have been working or teaching at St. Hilda's ever since then. So for those that don't know, St. Hilda's is also another
0: all-girls school. And it's why you are so good with the kids at my (laughs) studio. They all
1: absolutely love you. And then parallel to my school teaching career, I've also... um, pursued yoga and meditation as mm-hmm. as an interest and and a vocation. So that's been a really wonderful thing over the last sort of 6 years mm-hmm. that I've been doing that's really added to my capacity and what I can offer as a school teacher but also to what I can offer more broadly um in a movement domain and also in a in a well-being domain
0: well i think that's what makes you so unique as a school teacher is Mm. that you bring that meditation yoga practice in within Mm. your teaching do Mm. you
1: do you sneak it into the curriculum i absolutely do not even that sneaky to be honest (laughs) you just do it i had the greatest thing the greatest thing that happened in um 2017 I we did meditation every day for a period of time I think I set us like a little challenge as a I class think I remember this yeah, yeah and we so we were doing meditation every day and then the most miraculous thing and I think this always happens with kids kids can just be amazing the amazing thing was heaps of the girls in the classes came to school with meditation scripts and asked if they could lead The meditation and they write these little visualizations and these little guided body scans, and it was so beautiful to see them so inspired. And And how old were these kids? kids? Um, They are grade four, so they would have been 10. Yeah yeah okay cute so that was gorgeous yeah so no I'm not that sneaky as far as getting no. it into the curriculum you're a bit like first. me I want to do it so it's <laughs> yeah. it's happening So that's what we're doing I'm not going to ask I'll ask for forgiveness later yeah. I won't yeah. ask for
0: permission <laughs> exactly exactly oh. well we are going to get more into meditation mm-hmm. but um I wanted to ask first um what made you decide to take ballet class as a child or was it something that your mum
1: just popped you in Oh, that is a good question to be honest I, do you I started <laughs> at three, so I feel like it was probably Mum being like, "Yeah, this is the right thing to do mm-hmm. uh but Mum had done i don't think she did ballet as a child, but she had done adult ballet or ballet really? as an adult, yes, so And she, um, her first boyfriend was a very significant dancer and was a choreographer and a director. So she'd had a lot of exposure to the ballet world. Uh, So we, we, my sister and I, started ballet each when we were three. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I loved it. Emily was a little bit more... In and out. Yeah. Um, of Sounds ballet. like me and my sister. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did it for a long yeah. time, but so wasn't sort of as keen yeah. on it as I was. Yeah. Uh, and then I stayed, I did it, I think, for just over 10 years and then ended up stopping oh, in my mind to focus more on my schoolwork. But I don't know that I focused more on my schoolwork <laughs> after that. <laughs> to be honest, actually, I feel like giving up ballet meant that I lost a little bit. Or a lot bit of discipline in my life because I feel like did you go off the rails? (laughs) Off the rails in a sense, not in a very extreme way. Okay, but just in a yeah, just kind of. And I'm still a little bit like this, where I just want to do what I want to do all the time. So, Mm. um, whereas with ballet, we had you know we had our classes every week then like at gc dance we also did jazz and contemporary so you were very structured and you sort of i know for me i sort of approached everything in the same way that i was approaching ballet Mm -hmm. where that was kind of mandated that you approached it in quite a serious structured way yeah Uh, but then after that it was like my afternoons were free my evenings Mm. were free And I think with ballet as well, you've got this, you always know you're working towards something, whether it's an exam, whether it's a concert. Concert. It's always this movement towards something purposeful. Whereas Mm. once I lost that... I think even with like schoolwork I was just like whatever I can get it done whenever yeah. I want to and and I'm capable I maybe I don't even need to do homework yeah you didn't have those time constraints actually it's yeah. really funny because especially
0: these days with Instagram obviously mm. I follow like all the students on Instagram yep. I love sussing out I even find their private accounts yeah <laughs> the ones that they're just like so you all Mom know and Dad don't don't know about this one. yeah actually if they listen actually a few of them have listened to the yes yeah, they will so will know now and they'll know now I'm on to you guys um When one of them decides to have a break or quits, I've noticed, you know, just the odd inappropriate snap pops up like a picture in a bikini that's maybe a bit too high cut and they're Mm. hanging out with a different crowd and they've got all this free time to yeah yeah, take selfies of their butt and (laughs) and no seriously it's it's become quite a trend and a pattern that I've seen with Mm. any kids not all of them Mm. obviously yeah um but if they don't if they don't stop ballet and pick up something else yes yeah yeah it's not that it can only only be ballet yeah yeah Yeah. anything like if they stop and they do nothing yeah I don't know. Just is a bit of a disaster. It's too much I think. time. Yeah. Too, too much, much time. time. It's good uh, to have time. Yes. But not too much yeah.
1: time. Yeah. And I think. I mean, as we said, it doesn't have to be ballet. It, there are there are different. You know. Yeah, different activities for everybody. Yeah. But I think there's something so you as you can probably tell, I'm a ballet fan. But I think oh, that I there know, is. Laura, I know. I think you wouldn't be is... on this podcast <laughs> if you weren't a ballet fan. Um, I think that there is such a unique grace and discipline that comes with doing ballet mm. that has a flow on effect yeah. in life yeah. uh, and that might i don't know that might sound like a very general or sweeping statement in ballet's favor but i just I feel like there is with. <laughs> yeah i just feel like there's such a poise mm-hmm. that comes with the identity of being a ballerina or a ballet student mm-hmm. that is very unique and also very easy to spot in people because i know Mm. even for me my ballet training as i said i stopped when i was probably in my early mid-teens so i didn't do it for a long time i didn't go i didn't try to be professional or Mm. um but i know almost i mean i would have to say weekly i'm asked if i'm a dancer or if i've been a dancer Mm. um i even had one of the little girls from school came into kiki k yeah the and just ran up to me and said, Mum, this is my ballet teacher. Really, I was her French teacher. Oh, that's so. But cute. she's just decided, I don't know, because I wear my hair in a high bun every day, <laughs> you are sitting here in your activewear with a bun. Yeah. You yeah. actually are out yeah. ballerinaing me today. Like, yeah, that's yeah a so word. she said, This is my ballet teacher. I said, <gasps> Oh, I'm your French teacher. And she was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> she's like, No, ballet teacher yeah, sounds right. way better. Yeah. So, and I know it's, it's, it's that's so funny. Some such an interesting thing that I think you get yeah. only from ballet is that yeah. that poise, your posture, the way you move. Mm-hmm. I know one um, boss that I had actually, the director of middle years at Melbourne Girls Grammar, I remember the first time she asked me about it, she said, do you know how I know that you're a dancer? Because of the way you just picked that pen up off the floor. Seriously. And I was like, wow, like yeah. that's – yeah, it's just something so unique that you, you don't s- get from anything yeah. else. You should
0: have seen me hiking on the weekend. And my partner was like, could you just walk down those <laughs> <Yeah>. rocks normal, <laughs> yes. like, a normal like a normal person? I'm like, what do you mean? He's yeah. like, you're prancing, yeah. like that you're just, you're yeah. prancing. That's, normal people don't do that. <laughs> it's funny that you say the, you know, the poison people picking up on it. Mm. I was sitting at, uh, at the front of a cafe the other day mm. and in Bangalore. And I was waiting for someone and this guy next to me, he goes, you have such beautiful posture. And he goes, I don't, sorry, I don't mean to be creepy. You've just got really nice posture. Yeah. He goes, um, you know, basically why? And I was Mm. like, oh, I'm I'm actually a ballet teacher. I have a ballet studio and yeah. Yeah, bit of a ballet, bit of a bunhead. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, that's amazing." He goes, "I am the uh, ex physiotherapist for Queensland Ballet." No and way! I was like, isn't Seriously? that insane? And, and was it's like, so oh. funny as
1: well because you're probably once he says that you're yeah. like, you know, why my posture is so good? Yeah. You're just trying to be polite exactly. and not make an assumption. Exactly. <laughs> he was like, "I
0: thought you might do ballet," and I, I honestly thought I was sitting like a slob. Yeah, and, but yeah, <laughs> you know, he he picked up on it. But yeah, yeah. that was interesting. It's so yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. I don't know. It's nice though. Like I I think – and that's why I think even if, you know, even if a child's not amazing or not Mm. going to Mm. do ballet as a, you know, as a career, Mm. it's why they should stick to it because at least what they'll get out of it is at the very least very good posture. Yeah, absolutely. um, plenty of – a lot of the private schools in the U.K., they actually yep. have to do ballet. It's part yes. of their curriculum. It isn't yeah. like, oh, Prince George, he does ballet. Yes, he
1: does ballet. I know, so I love cute. it. And but apparently he loves just, it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently according
1: to the tabloids. Yes. I <laughs> know. <laughs> to the Daily Mail and stuff. <laughs> Prince George loves um, ballet. But there is, yeah, the carriage that you get yeah. from ballet really is second to none. Yeah. And I think, again, very sweeping statement about my favourite activity, ballet, Um I think there is such – oh, and I think it's Amy Cuddy who talks about power posing. Mm. I don't know if you know if anybody's heard that podcast, but she talks about the way that you hold yourself Mm. affects uh, the way that you feel and Mm -hmm. the way that you present yourself to the world. And that has got a correlation with um, hormones that are released when you stand in a particular way. But all of ballet is – power posing in inverted commas according to not I according have, to amy cuddy but based on what she says so i've never thought of it like you that. get this because you go around with your spine erect but relaxed um you have the broad open chest you've got the strong back yeah so you have this elevated level not in a negative way and not to get too sciencey but you have this elevated level of testosterone in your body, which makes you very confident, which makes you comfortable yeah. to speak to people if you need to, which makes you assertive enough to get what you need when you need it. Makes total um, sense. And that's just how you get around life as a ballerina. You don't have mm. to pull this pose out. It's just how you exist. Mm.
0: That makes total sense. Mm. No, I love it. I'm, you, when I leave. I need to write that down and listen yes, to that podcast. Yeah, I'll send definitely. you the TED talk. To- I think it's a TED talk. Oh, I'll send it, it to okay. you. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move along. Like me, mm-hmm. you are a fan of just moving. Yes. I think you're constantly moving. I see you on <laughs> one day on Instagram doing yoga, the next day doing ballet, the next yeah. day swimming at the beach, the yeah. next day. <laughs> Running along the pavement. Um, did you even
1: say that you were going to tackle a marathon? Half marathon. Half marathon. Half marathon is my goal for this year. Okay. Uh, so we will... Do you think like, you'd need to train? I've always... I mean... Yes. I feel like... We definitely see, will.
0: See, I'm that kind of person where... I would like to do a half marathon, yeah. but I'm like, I'll just, just want to do turn do up it. on the day, yeah, <laughs> just turn yes. up and do it and give it yes. a go. Like I yeah. may not be able to walk for the next three yeah. days, but <laughs> but I'll do it. That's fine. Like, yeah,
1: I don't know. We will need to train. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we'll have to. Sorry, when I say we, I mean me and my husband John. We. It's our goal. <laughs> I'm not. I'm to not training. I'm marathon. just showing up. <laughs> it's,
0: not, it's not me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll see gonna... Georgia at the starting yeah. line. <laughs> you may not see me at the finishing yeah. <laughs> line. Though. Um yes so we will need to train we'll either our goal is either to do the gc marathon in the middle of the year or run melbourne yeah and then my real goal is to do a run disney half marathon of course it is laura's a massive disney fan yes so they hold them i think they hold about five or six run disney events a year one of them is at paris disneyland i didn't even know they did a marathon and yes it's amazing and wow. then the rest are held at their florida resort that's so, so funny yeah they have um do you have to have a 5K, a 10k you don't have to of but course many people do yep. yes i will be dressed up you will be 100 what will you be dressed up as <gasps> look i don't You're know like, so to many be honest, I've got, there's so many different options because you could dress up as a princess so mm-hmm. i could dress up as aurora my favorite princess yeah or I could get something from Black Milk Clothing that yep. is Disney licensed. So I do True. have these beautiful Disney villains leggings. I was thinking I could just wear those. I feel like
0: that's more practical.
1: <laughs> Too practical? No, no, no. Like or that's a good. More I'm, all, I'm all, all about practical. Yeah, I'd want to be and comfortable. comfort with running. Running yeah. for me is not an activity that I have ever liked. I hate running. Um, but I have, yeah, but I have taken it up in mm. the last. 15 months last uh, October 2017 is when we started. Why? Yeah. The catalyst for my running career Mm -hmm. was I wanted a pair of runners. I saw a pair of (laughs) runners at Nike that had a sparkly, (laughs) I'll show them to you later, uh, that had a sparkly swoosh. And I was like, oh, I want to get those. And of course my very sensible husband was like, "Uh, you don't actually need new runners unless you're going to run. And you're like, I'm going to run. I'm going to, yeah, I run all... What are you even talking about? <laughs> of course, I exercise, which I did not at that stage. But he said, if you can run seven days in a row, you I'll can get those run runners. Sense. Yeah. Um. So I did that. I ran for seven days in a row. Mind you, at that stage, I literally couldn't run further than like 800 meters. Really? That was me. That's Done. Funny. Could not do it. Even with all the, like, the physical activity that I do. Yeah, I was going to say. It, like, I just couldn't run at all. But now... Last week I ran my second ever 10 kilometers.
0: Wow, like Which is crazy. Do you stop when or no, just no, straight just 10k. Go. Yeah, just straight 10k. That's pretty good. I oh,
1: yeah. I can get to about 6 and then yes. I'm like I'm done now. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Time for a coffee. Yes. <laughs> Time for some brekkie. Yeah. <laughs> John tricked me into that 10k,s, but yeah. I'm still going to claim it because I did do it. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised about the running only because
0: like your approach to teaching and all the activities you do, mm. a very natural
1: yes. active movement. Yes.
0: Um, would you consider ballet natural active movement? I would I'm, consider. I'm in two minds about this. Yes.
1: So yes, and I I have lots of thoughts, okay, and go. the thoughts <laughs> the thoughts um, inform my belief of why ballet and yoga can be so complementary as practices. Mm-hmm. So ballet is all active movement Mm -hmm. which is something that i really value and love about ballet your body has to make itself do everything Mm -hmm. which is amazing in ballet you don't use any external forces except maybe a little momentum sometimes yeah so it is it definitely active movement, which is amazing for the body, so good for strength, which is why I think ballerinas pound for pound athlete wise are the strongest in the world
0: Oh for sure um, I'm not biased at all, so
1: <laughs> it's just a pro ballet podcast um, <laughs> we're not biased here so very it is very active movement, which is fantastic mm-hmm. Where I would potentially say it's not always natural movement is that the goal is aesthetic. Yeah. The goal is to look a certain way, to have certain lines and to be able to present a certain story or choreography mm-hmm. on stage. So the way that you move isn't necessarily how the body would move naturally. Okay. Not that that's a negative thing, mm-hmm. but that's where I think having yoga involved where you're not focused on aesthetics necessarily you can find more range of motion and take your body through more movement than you would in ballet so the example that i always give is if you think of a fifth position with your arms Mm -hmm. right so you have your nice curved arms shoulders are down away from your ears and you've got the whole rest of your body hopefully in beautiful ballet posture power posing Power um, posing. I'm totally whereas- <laughs> using that term now in every yeah. class. Yeah. Uh, so it's not natural for our bodies to have our arms over our head, but our shoulders pulling away from our ears. That's not a natural movement. The natural movement is for the arms to go up and for the shoulder blades or the, the shoulder girdle really to go up with them. Yeah. Which is where it, oh, how to phrase this? you kind of i guess you lose the if you don't you lose do the, full the full natural range movement of yeah you're yeah. not practicing that full range which pulls up through the side body up through your lats which is just movements with different purposes but that's why i think they're very complementary
0: yeah yeah I wish you could all see Laura extending I know, her arms do it. above yeah. her head right now.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to act it out. We need a, we need a video of the podcast. I know. Maybe <laughs> I might do one after this. Yes, and I'll put it on Instagram. Yeah, be like refer
0: back to refer back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, because I find that interesting. Because there's so many times in class where I do something, and especially in an adult class, because mm. they'll they'll go, Georgia, that's not natural. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. I'm um, do you think so? Yeah. The,
0: do you think the degree of turnout? we require Mm -hmm. is very unnatural. Whereas in yoga, I feel like, not that I've done, I've done my fair share of yoga, but there's a lot of neutral pelvis, neutral positions, feet hip width apart. Whereas Mm -hmm. in ballet,
1: you are going a bit extreme. You are going a bit extreme. And I think... Is that good for us? Probably not. (laughs) It's so dependent on... Each individual. Each individual, absolutely. Absolutely, because you have to... There's going to be, based on skeletal variation, everyone's skeleton is different. So there are going to be different levels of turnout that are available to different people. If we get kids very young, when their bones are still developing Mm -hmm. and growing, we can get a bit more turnout than they may have had without ballet. Mm. Um, But I think, and I mean, in particular, if we think of like first position as an example... Ideally, your turnout is coming from your hips. You're yeah. externally rotating your hips. But where people run into issues is where they do the movement or they, they fix their feet to the floor in a very extreme turned-out position for yeah. their body, N- yeah. not extreme for and a the re- foot professional ballerina. And the foot starts rolling in. The and foot then can get, start yeah. rolling in, but what you've got is the knees mm-hmm. are forced out but the hips, if they don't have the range of motion, are pulling in. So you get this torque on the knees mm. that can turn into an issue. Yeah. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's just, I mean, in life, we don't walk with turnout. No. Do you know? It's actually like, that's very
0: bad to kind of walk with Yeah. With and like the, a duck.
1: The fascinating thing. The fascinating thing even from a ballet perspective is like in ballet we walk turned out mm. we do everything turned out and it looks beautiful but you if you were to live your life walking turned out mm. you would lose a lot of mobility in your feet because they're not having to roll through and yeah. stretch the arch every time
0: when i see students standing unnaturally mm. or, or walking really turned out yeah I have I've have one of my students who turned into a teacher who oh. I've
1: known for Manita yeah I hope she doesn't listen to this but um <laughs> <laughs> no so she getting get in trouble just when you thought your ballet teacher wasn't watching you anymore you hear about I'm, yourself on a podcast <laughs> yes I'm still watching her
0: yeah. Uh, she walks very turned out, and yeah. she's had a few hip problems. And mm. every
1: time I see her, I'm
0: like, Manita, turn your feet, turn your feet back in, back in. Yes. yes, to you know, save
1: it for class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, even again, just from a skeletal variation perspective, um, I, my sister and I have this same thing where just the shape of our bones, where our knees will be pointing forward, so our hips are neutral. Say we're standing, mm-hmm. kneecaps are pointing forward, but our Feet are slightly turned out, yeah, that which is just the natural alignment of our bodies, yeah, probably from ballet. So, so So feet are slightly turned out, not facing forward, yeah, yeah. Most people
0: are a little bit turned down, yes,
1: from there, definitely. But I know for me, I think that makes my first look better, maybe, than my hips are, yeah, because my feet turn out a little bit further than my knees do, yeah, or look like they're turned out a little bit further than my knees do,
0: yeah. What, um, what core areas of the body sh- do you think a dancer should focus on? And what do you see maybe lacking? So yeah. That they, you know, I mean, obviously, you're a huge advocate of, you know, dancers. And I know a lot of professional dancers who are friends who complement their practice with yoga. Yes. Um, but do you have anything else or any specific points?
1: So, I mean, the key thing with dance, and we spoke about this before, is the ability for your body to move Without external force, so yeah. always on active movement, and I think that's the beautiful thing about seeing, like understanding the difference between mobility, which is active movement, and yeah. flexibility. And I know some yeah. my, one of my teachers defines them as mobility is useful range of motion, flexibility is useless, useless range of motion <laughs> because sense. your body can't do it on its own. No. So I always the way that I always think t- about it is that I can pull my leg up to my forehead mm. but can my leg get itself there mm. N- it's, not every day I'll it's say. the typical <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's the typical problem i know with teaching younger students mm. a lot of the time yeah they've got the flexibility yes, and not, not the strength the mobility. yeah um and or they've got they're very limited they've got very mm. limited uh flexibility range, yeah. and range and um but they've got a lot of
1: strength yes yeah and, and it's a give and take a little bit. Yeah, yeah with, constantly trying to measure them range up to each other and strength. Yeah. And I think I, and I always I always say this to you when we talk about um, splits. And mm-hmm. I think with the splits, we use gravity. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the earth is pulling our body to the floor mm-hmm. and we use the floor to force yeah. the legs up. Uh, and then we sit in the splits and we think, oh, look at my range of motion. I can sit here in the splits. Yeah. But what does your split, again, in inverted commas, look like in your grand jeté? True. That's your actual mobility. Yeah. Because I can tell you, I can sit in the splits on the floor all day, but my grand jeté looks really sad. <laughs> right because my body can't pull my legs up to that same range yeah i love that that you just your microphone just went over here (laughs)
0: that's why she disappeared for a second guys i'm
1: I'm showing you all where i would like my legs to be
0: (laughs) too funny Um, but other
1: areas of the body for for dancers to work on as i said before with posture back body strength i think is such a unique and valuable feature of ballet in particular Mm -hmm. so much strength comes from the back body and that beautiful open front body so you're
0: talking about like scapular placement or yes
1: so i would say the whole back line of the body so strength from calves hamstrings, oh, glutes, everything. Yeah. back muscles, superficial back line, if we yeah. think about how they're all connected in the body. Okay. Um, so all of those things, I think, are things to work on and they'll help with things like arabesque and those kinds of movements mm-hmm. because you're able to shorten that back line to pull everything close together. Um, mobility, always to work on, but in a constructive safe useful way yeah of course um and i think the the thing that i find interesting as well that people sort of don't realize and it can feel counterintuitive is that we want to be able to use our mobility when we're moving right but a lot of us focus on static stretching mm-hmm. so we'll get into a position we'll make it hurt and mm-hmm. then we'll stay there still for ages. But yeah. really mobility comes from movement. Mm-hmm. So if you can move in your stretches and you can move in and out of your range, you're going to build up that range of motion much faster than if you just try to fight your way through static stretching
0: which i guess correct me if i'm wrong yeah is what yoga is
1: yes you move yes. in and out of yep. stretches and yes. and constantly yeah.
0: trying to hold and then release yep. and then yeah yeah okay
1: yeah and the other thing with stretching which is just like an interesting add-on and might be of interest to your listeners is that the sensation that we associate with stretching mm-hmm. like some people say this hurts yeah. and but you know, depends on how you interpret the feeling. But the sensation we associate with strong stretching is actually our muscles shortening in response to what you are asking them to do. So they're not so they're you're not getting. Yeah, you are not getting, you're not not getting anyway. No, and you are not getting because ideally with stretching you are looking to lengthen your muscles. Mm-hmm. But that sensation is them shortening. So if you can stay on the kinder side mm. of that sensation and keep moving you'll increase your range of motion much more effectively and safely and with less likelihood of injury than if you're just looking for that really strong stretch sensation when you stretch so if i've got a group of 10 year old ballet Mm -hmm. dancers and i say laura
0: i want them to be more flexible yes but I can't do anything because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt them, safe dance practice. Yes. All of that. All that, blah, blah, blah. Yes.
1: What do I do with them? Um, Get them to move. (laughs) Yeah. Get them to move. Okay, but they're already moving in class. They're already already moving. (laughs) They're already moving. (laughs) Yes. So still stretching, but make use of the natural spinal reflexes that we have. So get them to stretch in a way that is active. For example, if we think about a seated wide leg stretch so straddle splits yeah type stretch yeah um rather than getting them to push against the wall or push against somebody else Mm -hmm. to force the legs wider Mm -hmm. get them to squeeze their glutes Mm -hmm. because shortening the glutes triggers the stretch reflex to lengthen the adductors okay to relax the inner thigh muscles so when i tell my my students
0: to not sit there in a stretch i tell them to yeah squeeze it rotate maybe flex the feet because if they're pointed they tend to relax a bit more if they flex them like yeah that's a good thing
1: yes okay
0: yeah i'm doing the right thing (laughs) and so yeah
1: yeah and just safer just safer because if you take your body full of it yes and if you're taking your body into what is really a potentially injurious position yeah in whatever stretch you're doing you're taking your body to the end of its range Mm -hmm. and then if you're asking it to relax you're not training an effective response to that because then if you think if you are in the street and you fall over and your your body can't catch itself because Mm -hmm. it thinks oh no when i'm in this position i just relax everything yeah you're going to end up with an injury okay yeah so that's why when
0: my nana has a
1: fall, yeah, yeah, she
0: needs to
1: just. Move. Well, you need yeah, you need strength at the end range, and you need your body to respond in that way. Okay. Yeah, stretching is an interesting thing though, and I could go it's, on about it oh, for ages. Maybe we need to do. Maybe we can do an episode. We can film something. That would be a good idea.
0: <laughs> I just yeah, it's a it it's one part of my teaching practice that mm. does baffle me, and that mm. I do. I, you can read so much. You can do so much research. You can attend every seminar and workshop in yeah. the land, yeah. and you then just go. You're still. Qu- I'm still questioning myself. Yes, and you, you, s- you
1: just feel so responsible for these little bodies. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a really. I would imagine that's a really challenging thing as a dance teacher. Is yeah. the the trying to balance the aesthetic goals of ballet, yeah, and and you know, upholding the tradition and the and the beautiful things that we associate with ballet yeah and then on the other side trying to um keep people safe
0: yeah especially yeah. when you know you're trying to you're trying to implement safe dance practices mm. but the expectation of the parents when they see other students on stage yes. and how come she's doing a grand jeté and it's over split yes and yeah. i'm like well you know, I know that that teacher forces that child into yes. the splits and yep. puts weights on her legs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've seen it on her Instagram account. Like, yes. Yeah. And, and the parent goes, Oh, well, I want to achieve that look, but I don't want you to do that. And it's like, well, yep. what do you want well, me to do? It's one or the like, other. Yeah. You know, yep. if it's not naturally there. No. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's not much you can do.
1: No. No. And, you know, again, like thinking about that whole natural movement question, like a lot of. A lot of what we do in ballet, you're not necessarily using in your life. Mm. You know, like you need you need to be able to flex your hip in life, but you I don't need to be able to do it all the it. time. What are you talking about, Laura? I do a leg mount while yeah. I'm
0: opening the fridge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sometimes.
1: Um, yeah, so it is that is an interesting tension to to manage. Mm. Yeah, because. Yeah, you don't want to take them into a place where their body's unstable. Yeah. But then, you know, that's where I think ballet is good because it requires so much action and so much strength. Yeah. So you're not necessarily getting into that passive flexibility space all the time.
0: Yeah. Well your main your main points with your teaching mm. is strength, mobility and creativity. Yes. And this is probably why you love ballet so much. Yeah, you've got your strength, mm-hmm. you've got your mobility, yeah, and it's creative. Yes, so, yeah, no. Um, you and I hosted a tween retreat last year. We did. It was the very first Balanced Ballerinas tween retreat, and um, and it focused on creating balanced young dancers through yoga, meditation. We did some journaling, yes. and of course, we did some ballet. Um. <laughs> You took the students through some meditation practices, and since then, I actually started incorporating, especially towards the end of last year Mm -hmm. when it was all getting a bit busy and, you know, hectic end of year. Kids are getting tired. We started doing about five minutes of meditation at the end of a class.
1: Nice. Yeah,
0: it was mainly um, like the body scanning techniques um, because it's funny I had a teacher, Paul Boyd, um, mm-hmm. who's now a teacher at the Queensland Ballet. He was my personal coach growing up, and yeah. he used to make me lie down and do the body scanning. Yes. And yeah. it's funny because I don't think he would even have considered that a form of meditation. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's good that we now have a word for it. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, I remember as a child, because when, when we send kids off to competitions, I tell them, you need to get in the zone. Yes. And as a mm-hmm. child, I was quite uh, uh, antisocial right. when, at competitions. <laughs> right? Everyone yes. thought I was a bit of a snob. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't that. It was that I would get into a corner, I'd put my earphones in. Yes. I would listen to my music of my solo that I was about to do on yeah. repeat. Yeah. And I would do the movements in my head mm-hmm. without actually moving. Yeah, visualization. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. See, you've got all the terms. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would be visualizing mm-hmm. my solo, mm. and I would do that for like an hour. Yes, at least. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I even mum would be like, "Can I do this for you?" And I'm like, <laughs> "No, go away." Like, you know, I'm very busy rehearsing. I'm very busy <laughs> rehearsing in my head. Yeah. Um, and I just was totally in my own world. Yes. I had no idea what other you know, children's routines were. I yeah. had no idea um what was going on around me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I probably didn't even know what competition I was at. Yeah. I just had a job to do. <laughs> You're just there. And as long yeah. as I know how to
1: get to the stage, I'm fine.
0: Exactly. And, yeah. you know, granted I did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um and so it frustrates me when I see or send students off to a competition and I go to check on them, mm. and they're having a chat,
1: I, making yes. friends, and yes. I mean that's fine. Which is great. But then
0: don't get upset if you don't place, or yes. don't get upset if yeah. you go on stage and forget your dance. Yes, you can yeah. make as many friends as you want. Yeah, if you don't care what happens on that stage, but yeah. if you do care what happens on that stage. Mm-hmm. This this is what I want you to do. Yeah, absolutely. So we are actually going to drop a bonus episode, aren't we, Laura? Yes. You are going to do a guided meditation. Yes. That is aimed at young ballerinas for like an audition or competition setting. Yeah. Um, how do you think uh, this kind of meditation would benefit
1: them in a stressful situation? Yeah. So I think... I mean there's a, a number of ways and you've raised one with visualization and I'll speak to that in a second. I think more than anything with meditation and obviously there are a myriad different meditation styles, ways, all of that. But so
0: so when I was little, was I yes. doing I was doing visual, visualization mm-hmm. yes. and a bit of body scan? And body maybe? scanning. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. And probably mindfulness. Like oh, okay. trying to focus your attention on things. I was like hybrid things. meditating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um so before anything else and people always say whether they're good or bad at meditating, mm-hmm. nobody's bad at meditating. Even if you sit there and you don't think you're meditating, mm-hmm. if you can sit still and just be there in that space that you've kind of set your mind that that's what you're doing, your body will start to go into a state of relaxation and not just your body but your nervous system as yeah. well. So just taking the time to sit still deliberately, close your eyes, mm-hmm. like cut off your sense of sight so that you're not being distracted or, or stimulated by the things around you, Yeah, uh, you are going to start to allow your body to relax in a really unique way um, can you
0: do it just sitting in a chair you don't have to sit yeah. like cross-legged no you can do it I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about i'm thinking about comfort dirty tights like i don't want kids in their
1: tights on the floor oh, no yeah no no no. yeah no, absolutely <laughs> practical point of view yes no so you can uh, meditate yep. wherever yeah wherever it works out But just closing down your eyes, allowing your breath to settle will start to send your body into a state of relaxation and it'll activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest side of our nervous system, which is the opposite of the nervous system that is (laughs) dominant when we're about to go on stage. So being able to balance that is a really powerful thing, quite apart from any of the other benefits. The visualization is amazing because... It's like getting free um, like free rehearsals. yeah, because you're not putting your body under any stress, you're not exerting any physical energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not taking up any space, you don't need a particular area to do it in, but you are getting these really powerful opportunities to see yourself doing what you're about to do Mm -hmm. and I know there is one athlete that talks about it a lot and it helped her in particular through periods of injury where she Alyssa Camplin Warner is her name and she's a skier so gold gold medalist in the Winter Olympics I do know this story and she went through periods of injury where she in her mind never stopped training because she trained through visualization and she credits a lot of her success to that practice because she said with ski jumps but it's the same with dance you can only physically rehearse so many times Mm. right because you don't want to overdo it with your body you don't want to risk injury by taking your body to a place of fatigue and then still making it work Mm -hmm. um but you can have these extra rehearsals have these extra opportunities and you can even factor in different circumstances so you can do a visualization where you are doing your performance or your competition dance where someone has bothered you just before you get on stage and you get to rehearse like how would i deal with that how would i still be the best that I can be, even if that had happened. Yeah. So anything that comes up, even if my ribbon came undone, even if my even ribbon if comes if undone, me, yeah. if I realize I have a ladder in my stocking, yeah. if I'm walking up a step and I stub my toe, yeah, you know, how am I going to overcome that quickly and, and, dance? Dance. and efficiently? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's a really powerful, powerful thing with visualization as well, uh, and just putting yourself into the mindset of being successful. Yeah, is really powerful. So seeing yourself do that routine, do that choreography, do that dance perfectly or even if not perfectly, exactly how you want it to go Mm. is going to get you closer to that than not having thought about it.
0: Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I think it'll be really – I think it'll be really useful. And, Mm. and, you know, um, if people want, it might get you to do another one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the one that I've planned today actually – goes i'm just trying to think now it incorporates um body scan visualization um and there's even a little chakra connection yeah which will just be a secret i won't say that in Uh, the meditation but those of you who do listen to it watch out for the colors because they correspond with the chakras
0: (laughs) nice You've actually, you've also got, for anyone interested, um, you've got a couple of guided meditations on your website that you can actually yes. click on and listen to. Yes. Um, I've listened to the body scan one. Oh, nice. Yes, it's yes. very relaxing. <laughs> I, I think I'm a fan of the body scanning. Body scanning is yeah. really good. Yeah. yeah really and it really relaxes
1: me. Yes. And it's good. It's good for relaxation. Mm. Absolutely. But it's also fantastic to uh, build and develop body awareness. And it can really illuminate areas that you may not be able to feel or perceive in space which Mm -hmm. is a really important thing as a dancer and I think a unique skill that you get as a dancer is that you can feel and perceive almost every part of your body Mm -hmm. at any moment but in body scanning sometimes you go through your body scan and you think like oh I can't actually I'm not getting any information back from my left knee like is there something I need to be conscious of there do I need to think a little bit more about this yeah Or can I just sit with it and will slowly I be able to feel where that is in space?
0: Okay, interesting. Mm. Well, you've got – we're going to drop that little bonus episode. Yes. Um, Now, because it's January, Mm -hmm. uh, it is a new year. Yes. One part of your – Many passions is <laughs> all my dreams, <laughs> all your dreams, all your passions. Yeah. Part of your career is yeah. life organization. Yes, um you actually have a four week course which mm-hmm. I'll pop links up to in the show notes. Yes, uh, called Manage All the Things. Yes, I love the title. <laughs> so, seeing as it's the new year, yeah. I thought we could chat a bit about uh getting ready for a new year and mm-hmm. what some of your quick tips and tricks might yeah. be.
1: Yeah, about getting organized. Yeah, so. I think with organization is different for everybody mm-hmm. um and the way that you're speaking you organize, to a highly organized yeah person. yeah I'm and the way that we organize ourselves is so there are going to be different um tactics or different practices that work for different people but i think for the, someone who's like struggling struggling with organization or just yes.
0: like feels like they need a bit more
1: organization yeah. Okay, so I, in that four-week course, and the way that I kind of divide organization or productivity in my head is into mm-hmm. four areas. So yeah. I talk about time management, people management, energy management, and goal management. Yeah. Um, and then within each of those areas, there are different sort of strategies and approaches you can take. And I think with organization, and particularly for people who feel like they're struggling yeah. to be organized... Um, Time management is a really key thing. Yeah. Uh, which seems like a really obvious thing to say, but it is something that so many people still mm-hmm. struggle with. So for me, planning mm-hmm. is really helpful and setting things that you need to do as appointments. Yeah. Rather than just being like, oh, I should probably you know start writing that blog post this week yeah. like you write set yourself down? a time yes I write down my plans mm-hmm. uh, and so I have two diaries that I use I have one that's week at a glance and that's got all like my appointments or what I'm doing what I'm what work I'm doing that week with you know me and my 10,000 jobs so yep. I've got a million things happening all the time uh, but then I also have a diary that is just day to a glance like I just see the day where I will write a to-do list okay I love to-do
0: lists.
1: Yeah, Yeah. so to-do lists is one of my – I tell people to write lists all the time. I just find it so. so much easier to be able to refer back to a physical list to remind you of what you need to get done and what you need to do. Otherwise, you're trying to remember all the time and then you always have that feeling of like – that you haven't got through everything you needed to do. Yeah.
0: It sounds so simple and it sounds like something that like, oh, everyone does to-do lists, mm. but everyone doesn't. No. And it wasn't yeah. until, I mean, I've run a business for five years until yeah. last year, mm. which is my sixth year of my studio being open. Yeah. And last year was the first year that I would sit down on a Monday mm. and write. I write a weekly list yes. of everything I want done that week Yeah, and the satisfaction of ticking them off Yes, and then being like, hitting Sunday and going, okay, fresh week, yep. what do I need to do this week? Yes. Has made a huge difference in my productivity yep. and something I'm going to continue this year. Yeah. Um, it's so simple. That's the So thing. simple. It's so simple yeah. and so obvious. Yes. And I'm like,
1: why has it taken me so long to actually do this? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, makes a massive difference. Massive difference. And it also gives you the opportunity to prioritize mm-hmm. as well and group tasks. Because there might be some tasks that are really small and really fast that you can just set yourself one hour to get all those tiny tasks done and then they're done and you don't have to think about them again. Mm -hmm. It's not like – like I always think, say, for example, at home, like when you need to wash the dishes, it literally would take you probably four minutes to wash the dishes. But you spend (laughs) all day thinking about the fact that you need to wash the dishes. So making a list and being like these six things are either – all in the same mm-hmm. suburb, or they're all related to the same part of my business, yeah. or and just get them done all in one go and you can tick them off. And everyone understands the satisfaction of ticking something off a list. Yeah. I think everybody can motivate themselves yeah. with that. So that's really that's a really good strategy, I think. And then a big one that I find a lot of people struggle with is energy management. Yeah. And my little mantra for that mm. is spend less than you earn. Mm-hmm. So so much of us spend so much of our life spending energy. Yeah, yeah. We run around, we busy ourselves, we deal with draining people, we do draining activities. Yeah. Um. Even even if you love your work, work can still be like, oh, energy. Energy zapping. I
0: love 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 my yeah. work, as everyone knows, and I yeah. love teaching, but it but is but energy, energy zapper.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. A teaching in particular mm. is both physically and emotionally taxing yeah for sure because it's all interpersonal um so yeah that's a big thing for me and it's it's really important i think for people to know what replenishes their energy mm. and i'm gonna say another really obvious thing number one is sleep <laughs> i'm gonna say another one. <laughs> oh my gosh i just went back into my little <laughs> high school self <laughs> do you I'm know what i actually said to one of my friends today because she sent me her r- The guest list she would like us to organize for her baby shower and I wrote back sick and I was like oh wow (laughs) that was like year 11 me responding to that message I
0: like that though let's bring it back sick 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 or rad (laughs) I feel like if this, like if my students heard me saying that they'd be like who are you yeah we don't say that no no (laughs) stop trying to be cool I told them that I watched Riverdale the other day yes and they didn't believe me
1: (laughs) oh really oh that's so funny we watch riverdale
0: yeah it's great yeah Yeah, anyway sorry um i digress (laughs) um what i was going to quickly ask you about before we finish up is, um i find in the morning Mm -hmm. obviously we're always the most productive yes what do you do with your morning your i consider you a very productive person (laughs) what's your best foot
1: forward in the morning yeah okay so my morning routine on like a regular working morning is my husband and I get up at five we run two k's to the gym we'll have a gym session and then we run the two k's home then we sit together and have breakfast together and then Kids. we'll go through, yeah. And then we'll go, and there's a reason for that. I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. And then we go through our getting ready. So then it's like yep. showers. I take ten thousand years to do my makeup and choose my clothes. <laughs> yep. uh, and then we get ready to go in the morning. And say, if I'm working at school, I usually leave by about seven thirty, seven forty-five. John leaves by about eight a.m. to get to his work. Um, and it's very deliberate. The fact that we spend so much time together and so much time doing things for ourselves in the morning because I find if you don't allocate that time early you just feel like you're getting up to go to work you're getting ready to go to work and it feels like none of the day is your own until maybe the night time, yeah. except you, if you're, you're Georgia yourself... and you work every night. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you,
0: you're giving yourself little treats in the morning. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, yeah. so, treats to get you going.
1: Yeah. By the time we've gone to work, we've been up and together for three hours. Do you know yeah. which is such a different way That's to go nice. into your time at work and to go into your day than if you've just you got up at seven fifteen and walked out of the door at seven thirty. True. So we really, we have that routine very deliberately to set ourselves up well and to feel like we've had our own time before we go into work.
0: That's really nice. I like that. Mm. I feel like everyone's going to ask me to get you back (laughs) to talk about. We've covered so much. Like, we've really just done the surface. I know, yes. Of everything that you're about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure I'll get you back to talk a bit more about uh, stretching probably in particular. Yes. And maybe we could even get some specific listener questions so that oh they that can would be fantastic be actually answered. yes um so we'll a do and a episode yeah so we might do that I yes think that's, i just thought of that then that might be a good idea yeah, that would be really <laughs> fun um, yeah I, I think they're gonna find that really really fascinating yeah and i mean um,
1: probably a good thing for like the kids or the dancers yeah. but also for parents yeah. definitely i think you and i have both got a, a unique insight into sort of the parent side the child side the teacher side of all those things definitely definitely
0: now you've got um a beautiful website that people can visit it's
1: Thank very you. pretty uh it's laura
0: trimble com. do you want
1: to spell that for everybody yes yes l-a-u-r-a-t-r-i-m-b-l-e t-h-o-m-p-s-o-n.com and where can we find you on social social my instagram is at laura trimble thompson so same spelling and that's pretty much it
0: you also have a very beautiful instagram oh it's very pretty it's Thank very you. curated mine yes, is very not. deliberately curated, <laughs> very curated yes one of those people guys you need to look at it that i go oh i should have put some more thought into mine <laughs> now one very last question because it's the balanced ballerina podcast you know our lives can't always be balanced but what would be your number one tip for leading a balanced
1: life miss laura my number one tip for leading a balanced life is to move good one and also have people and relationships in your life that add to your life Mm. i think that's such an important thing i like that beautiful thank you so much for your time thank you for having me it's been wonderful again thanks so
0: much for listening everyone i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did it would mean the world to me if you could rate and subscribe as it really helps the podcast be seen by other dancers and people in the ballet community. I also love seeing when and where you're listening from. So please tag at Balance ballerinas and at the Balance ballerina. So I can share your screenshots. Also, if you have a question or want Laura back on to talk about something in greater detail, please DM me on Instagram as I'd be more than happy to arrange a follow up.